Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. Are the 49ers in the Rams' head? What do the 49ers need from Jimmy G on Sunday? Plus, no one is picking the Bengals. Is that an oversight? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. In the last six meetings between the San Francisco 49ers and the LA Rams, the 49ers have come out on top. And in the Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay era, the Rams are three and seven against their division rivals. Joining me now from Locked on Rams, Travis Rogers. And Travis, I'm not someone who really believes in the this team owns this other team. Kyle Shanahan dismissed the notion that uh, he's in Sean McVay's head. Sure. But why should we believe this game is going to go any different than the last six? Well, I, the, the last six of those last six, there were a couple that were they they've had extenuating circumstances. One was when the Rams had something locked up and they didn't play any of their guys. So this, so there's one of those in there. There was also the one that took place last weekend that gives me a little bit of confidence. As weird as it sounds, blowing a 17 to nothing lead, it, there there were some things in there because for the first time really in a while where the Rams have been playing their guys, they moved the ball. They scored. Their quarterback play was pretty good. They were pretty effective on the ground, and they didn't get pushed around the field like they had in most of those other games. So if not for a Jimmy G miracle at the end, driving 84 yards with about you know a minute and change left on the clock, the Rams win that game. If not for missing Odell at the end of that game, I think the Rams win that game. So while 0-6 is 0-6, and there's no real way to spin it, there, there have been some positives in the last couple of games. So... It's a bad matchup for them. I, I, you know, we were talking about it before that would you rather go to Green Bay and play the Packers or be at home against the 49ers? And the fact that it was even a question, I think, speaks to how bad of a matchup it is for the Rams. Yeah. And, and even with it being at home for the 49ers, we expect plenty of gold and scarlet in, in the building at SoFi Stadium. But the Rams have a chance to win the game and host their own home Super Bowl. So if you're going to boil it down to one thing, the Rams win if this what is that thing if Debo Samuel is a regular human being if he is just (laughs) a good football player as opposed to I've never seen anything like that before he's the guy that gives them fits that it was George Kittle for a while they figured out a way to to at least slow him down I'm not going to say that they erased him because that's certainly not what happened but they were able to put Jalen Ramsey on him and deal with him a lot better than they were previously they need to find a similar answer for Debo Samuel, because he's been the guy. He threw a touchdown pass against the Rams last time they played. He ran, he ran for one, and he had nine catches for nearly 100 yards. So he has been very, very good against them. The Rams really don't match up well against him in particular. If they can turn him into a mortal, I think they have a very good chance of winning the game. Let me ask you the reverse question and see if I get a different answer. The 49ers win if. Is it just as simple as, oh, Debo Samuel is a superhuman, or is there something else that you see, okay, if they control this, that's their best path to winning. I think if they can run the ball the way that they have previously against them, they're in really good shape. I think the Rams kind of took their foot off the gas towards the end of the game and let them get back into it. They came out in the second half the last time they played, and they really just said, we're going to do what the 49ers do. We're going to run it over and over and over and over again. And they've been very successful doing that against the Rams. If the Rams can 
put together a defense that I'm not saying you got to throw a shutout, but if you can keep them in, in the normal human range of rushing yardages in that game, I think the Rams have a very good shot there, whether it's Debo Samuel or anyone else. If the, if the Niners are able to move the ball on the ground, they're in trouble because it shortens the game. It gives the Rams offense fewer possessions, which always favors the 49ers. So I think if they're able to be the team that they've been previously on the ground, that's good news for the Niners, Debo or otherwise. Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen of the day. What did the 49ers need from Jimmy Garoppolo on Sunday? That's coming up next. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. LeBron James and Kevin Durant again will be the captains of the two teams in this year's All-Star Game in the NBA as the league announced on Thursday night. The starters for its annual midseason showcase to be held February 20th in Cleveland. Joining James as starters from the Western Conference, Steph Curry and John Morant in the backcourt, along with reigning NBA MVP Nikola Jokic and Andrew Wiggins. No, seriously, Andrew Wiggins. From the East, Durant, a 12-time All-Star, is joined by DeMar DeRozan and Trey Young in the backcourt and Joel Embiid and Giannis Antetokounmpo in the frontcourt. Durant's availability for the game is a question mark as he continues to recover from a sprained knee ligament. The Denver Broncos agreed to terms with Green Bay Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett to be their head coach. The team announced on Thursday. The Denver Broncos have hired their next head coach. Nathaniel Hackett will now take over the responsibilities of leading the franchise. In 2022, I'm Cody Orr, host of Lockdown Broncos. The ladies and gentlemen, the Denver Broncos have their first offensive-centric head coach since Gary Kubiak. Now for Nathaniel Hackett coming over from the Green Bay Packers. Many people are wondering, does this automatically mean that Aaron Rodgers is going to be the focal point of what the Broncos plan to do next in the offseason? We talk about why that's not simply the case, and also we take a look at the offensive coaching staff and the potential defensive coaching staff for the coordinator positions. You get that in the Mercy Podcast coming here up shortly for Lockdown Broncos. The Aaron Rodgers to Denver take economy is going to be thriving. The Broncos were not the only team to hire their head coach on Thursday. The Bears also made their choice. The Chicago Bears pick a defensive coordinator to be their new head coach. And yet all eyes are going to be on his offense. I'm Lauren Cox from the Locked on Bears podcast, breaking down new Chicago Bears head coach Matt Eberflus of the Indianapolis Colts, a young and up-and-coming defensive coordinator who's worked his way up across multiple stops in the NFL, one recommended by the Bears consultant Bill Polian involved in this head coaching search, but ultimately the decision came down to new general manager Ryan Poles was brought over from the Kansas City Chiefs. He interviewed each of the Bears finalists himself to make sure that he was getting to make the decision and not just ownership recommending and pushing a guy on him. Some thoughts in Chicago that maybe they would try and pair a veteran head coach with a young GM, but the young GM picks the young up-and-coming coach himself. All the questions now are how well can Matt Eberflus develop Justin Fields. The defensive coordinator is going to need to get a strong offensive coaching staff in there to prioritize the Bears' most prized asset as they look to try and reclaim the power in the NFC North with maybe things going a little awry up north there in Green Bay. We'll have more coverage of the new Chicago Bears head coach and where the team goes from here under the new regime five days a week on the Lockdown Bears podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Anthony Robinson scored a crucial goal early in the second half as the United States beat El Salvador 1-0 in the CONCACAF World Cup qualifying on a chilly night in Columbus, Ohio on Thursday. 
U.S. coach Greg Berhalter changed five starters from the previous qualifier, a 1-1 draw at Jamaica in November, with Christian Pulisic, Weston McKenney, and Tyler Adams all starting together for the first time in almost three years. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for coming up on betonline.ag, your number one spot for all your football action this season. Now that you've heard the keys to victory, here are the gambling lines for the AFC and NFC games. The improbable run for the Cincinnati Bengals leads them to KC. And guess what? BetOnline does not love their chances. Kansas City, seven-point favorites in that one. And the San Francisco 49ers may have stunned the Green Bay Packers to go to the NFC Championship game in L.A. against the Rams. That game, much tighter. BetOnline likes the Rams by three and a half. For all your gambling needs, betonline.ag has you covered. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to get that bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Here is another story you need to know. The San Francisco 49ers come into the NFC Championship game on an absolute heater against the LA Rams to the point Kyle Shanahan had to answer questions about whether or not he is in the head of Sean McVay. Joining me now from Locked On 49ers, he might be in my head from our crossover shows from the divisional round, Packers 49ers, Brian Peacock. And, And Brian, what is it about this 49ers team that allows them to say, to borrow a phrase from Aaron Rodgers, I own you. Well, I, it's probably similar, and I hope that my Locked On 49ers listeners didn't completely infiltrate your Locked On Packers <laughs> mentions. Uh, they did, but like go on. 49ers <laughs> fans have infiltrated SoFi Stadium, and it's going to be another home game for the 49ers. So um, that's a huge one because it's just a different vibe down there in L.A., and there's as many 49ers fans as there is Rams fans. and Maybe more. Yeah, and the Niners are traveling heavy, so... Uh, it's going to be a lot of red. It's going to be a, a quasi home game for the 49ers once again, but it goes well beyond what we've seen the last couple of times at SoFi Stadium. Uh, Shanahan has something on on McVay, and really uh, it's his defensive coordinators that have had something on McVay. For some reason, we saw what it looked like against the Buccaneers with Aaron Donald and Von Miller going nuts and, and, and rushing, the passing, r- rushing the passer like no other. That doesn't happen against the 49ers. And that's with Tom Compton at right tackle and Daniel Brunskill at right guard. Daniel Brunskill has got this now um, legendary status with 49ers fans for being the the Aaron Donald killer. Like somehow he stalemates with Aaron Donald, even though he has no business doing so. It's, it's pretty <laughs> phenomenal what the 49ers are able to do. I think the Rams also, and maybe there was a little slap in the face, especially the Monday night game earlier on this year where the 49ers dominated the Rams and were just so much more physical. I think uh, the 40, I think the Rams realize that and have tried to be more physical, but I think it's something you also can't fake. And the 49ers just live that life, and I'm not sure the Rams do. Jimmy Garoppolo has, he was compared by Mina Kimes of ESPN to the person who works on the group project and doesn't do anything but gets the A along with everyone else. What does this offense need from Jimmy G to win this game on Sunday? Uh, Jimmy G doesn't get credit for the good things he does because it's not as wow, you know, it's not as beautiful as say Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes in the way that he wins because sometimes you don't really appreciate the way Jimmy Garoppolo wins. He throws darts. You could have said Aaron Rodgers, but okay. Right, yeah, (laughs) or Aaron Rodgers, yeah. 
you know, um, especially when he's not playing the 49ers. And <laughs> <laughs> Garoppolo is is a really accurate quarterback. And, it, and at times, the way I've always put it is uh, he any given series, you don't know if he's going to be Drew Brees or he's going to be Sam Darnold. And that's the problem is the the bad Jimmy shows up. There's a good Jimmy and there's a bad Jimmy. It's like, you know, there's a one on each shoulder. It's like, hey, you can fit this ball in. And he's like, oh, no. And it's like, you know, and then all of a sudden he throws an interception or makes a play he shouldn't have. But he throws a lot of darts, too, and makes some really good throws. And um, and he'll fit things into tight windows and he runs the offense efficiently. And that's why he's in there and not a rookie quarterback, even though they spent so many resources to go get Trey Lance and the entire team trusts him. There's some special gritty leadery sauce that Jimmy Garoppolo spreads over the offense and over the team. And they trust him. And we've seen the player, uh, almost every player on the team have glowing things to say about Jimmy Garoppolo and the trust they have in him. And, and they will follow him into the fire. So there's something to be said for all that stuff. And if he doesn't throw an interception, the 49ers are going to be on their way to Super Bowl 56. It's, it's pretty simple. That's that's just the way it's gone for the 49ers. And they've been able to overcome it when he does throw maybe one interception. But if he gets a little crazy and, and, and starts turning the ball over like he did against the Titans, probably won't be happening. And the guy on the other side will throw some picks too. Coming up, no one is picking the Bengals. Is that an oversight? Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I know I say this a lot, but I had one today. And you know I say it a lot because I had one today. And I have them often. I have them almost every day. Because either before or after I work out or in the morning, I just need something to eat that tastes delicious. And I have kids. I, it, I don't have time to cook all the time. So I need something that's going to fill me up. Fiber, protein. That's going to fuel my body. Fiber, protein, and is not going to drag me down. Low in calories, low in sugar, low in net carbs. That's what Built Bar brings. And there's so many flavors for you to choose from. I had the coconut brownie, which I almost forgot how good that is. Oh my goodness. I, I, I was like, did they send me the wrong? Did they send me the batch with the sugar and the fat and the butter and like all the good stuff? Because this can't, this can't be good for me. It tastes too good. I'm serious. It's so good. And they've got tons of other flavors, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie. If you haven't tried it, why not? And if you haven't tried it in a while, why not? Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at built.com for 15% off for the best tasting protein bar ever. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the day. We broke down the NFC Championship, and now it's time to look at the AFC title game. A lot of talk about how the Chiefs and Bills should have been the actual championship game. It's not. The Bengals will play the Chiefs with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. Do they have a chance? Locked on NFL Insider and Super Bowl champion Isaiah Stanback joined our Kanani Stevens to discuss. Is this another Super Bowl run we're seeing out of the Chiefs right now, Isaiah? I'm going to have to say so, Kay. If you go back into the old school timetable, go look on the old tablet. I think I was on the record for saying that Kansas City was going to be in this position and possibly, you know, obviously booking their ticket to the Super Bowl. They have to go through the Cincinnati Bengals to do so. They had a heck of a showdown last week, and I think that was everybody's Super Bowl before the Super Bowl uh, against Buffalo going into overtime. Patrick Mahomes finding his way down the field with 13 seconds left, finding Travis Kelsey in the corner of the end zone to send his team to the AFC Championship game. Their fourth straight AFC Championship game that they're going to be hosting, which is completely ridiculous. Should they get past Cincinnati Bengals, this will be the third straight Super Bowl appearance 
for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, these guys are absolutely loaded. Everybody knows what this team is capable of. We've heard their names for the last three, four years. Uh, but they have a, a you know a formidable opponent in the Cincinnati Bengals. And obviously, young Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow and uh, his guy, Jamar Chase, those guys are taking care of business. Those guys are coming off a big win against the Tennessee Titans in which they etched them out 19-16. to 16, And Joe Burrow had 348 yards passing, one interception, zero touchdowns, and they still found a way to get victory. If Cincinnati is going to have any chance, though, of winning this ballgame, they have to find a way to protect Joe Burrow, uh, keep Chris Jones, keep Melvin Ingram off of this guy because they gave up nine, count them, nine sacks against the Tennessee Titans. That is something they cannot expect to do again and come out victorious. You mentioned Joe Burrow. Obviously, he's done some impressive things, you know, only being in the league a couple years now. But what does it say when he can play big in a playoff game like we've seen so far? Obviously, we've seen him do it in college, but he's been able to translate it to the NFL playoffs, which is not something many players can do this early on in their career. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, it's a testament to how hard he worked, obviously, coming off his rookie season last year, coming off the knee injury, um, having to overcome that, having to overcome being an organization that's really in the rebuilding phase. For them to be in this position this quickly after being the number one pick, that is pretty outstanding. Um, and it's just a testament to how hard, how hard of a, uh, how great of a job he's done, how much work he's put in. This team is still young. This team still has a lot of holes that they have to fill. And obviously, they have the young talent in under. Burrow and obviously Jamar Chase and they have a young savvy veteran and Joe Mixon at the running back position but other than that offensively these guys are still missing a lot of holes and again I mentioned the offensive line presence they're gonna have to play big they're really gonna have to play big if these guys want to have any shot of, of over overtaking this Kansas City team. So Kansas City on paper obviously looks like a favorite. They've been there before. They've done it before. Mahomes is incredible when he is out there. But they did have some struggles throughout the regular season with consistency. Is it is that totally behind them at this point, or is that something that could pop back up when you have such an intense game the week before? Yeah, I think that they're going to be perfectly fine. I mean, again, I think they come from a, from a position of confidence. This isn't something that's new to them. You know, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, they haven't been in this position. I don't think there's anybody on their roster who's been at this position at any time in, in, in the past history versus Kansas City. This is what they do. Um, they understood early in the season that they had struggles. They started off 4-4, four and four, and everybody was like, oh, no, is this not the Kansas City team of, of the past? And the reality was they just had to get used to each other. And, uh, Patrick Mahomes was playing with a brand-new offensive line, five new offensive linemen, not just a few guys that are implanted in there. He had five brand-new offensive linemen, and they had to get used to each other. And now we see uh, the benefits of that. These guys are now playing in, uh, in continuity. Uh, they're blocking. They're protecting. He's not turning the ball over nor forcing the balls. That he was doing earlier uh you know obviously Eric enemy is doing a great job of getting his playmakers the ball in their hands these guys are rolling and this is the kansas city team that we're used to seeing um the most dangerous version of that because these guys again have experience under their belt and they're healthy i think i know which way you're leaning but who do you think is going to be representing the afc in the super bowl this year i'm gonna to have to go with the kansas city chiefs i've been rocking with them all, all year long and i believe that these guys are just too powerful too strong and too experienced to drop this game and finally, Joel Embiid may be a fierce competitor, but after he and Jose Alvarado got double technicals Tuesday night, Embiid reached out and offered to pay the fine for the Pelicans guard, who's on a two-way contract this year. Alvarado and Embiid got into it after a hard foul on Alvarado's teammate, Garrett Temple. Embiid said he appreciated the fighting spirit of the six-foot, 179-pound guard, saying, I like his energy. He plays hard. He competes. 
even when he picked up the tech, he wasn't backing down. It helps that Joel Embiid is playing on a five-year, $147 million deal. But still, he certainly did not have to do this. So very cool that he did. Coming up Monday, the Super Bowl will be set. We'll recap how the teams made it. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today. 